Hallelujah. So uh, we talked about, remember last time, we were talking about overcoming. Somebody shout, I always win. How do I know? Well, I know because of what the Word says. And so let me remind you of some scriptures. Uh, do I got any overcomers in the room? Do I, got, do I got any victorious people in the room? Psalms 91.15. It says, he, talking about us, shall call upon me, talking about God, and he says, I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble. Aren't you glad he didn't stop there? I'll just be with you. No, he said, I'll be with him in trouble. I will. I will. I will deliver him, and I will honor him. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. He says, who has delivered us? 2 Corinthians 1.10 says, who delivered us from such a great death? Everybody say, I'm delivered. I've been delivered from what? Such a great death. So anything that the devil does, and what does he do? John 10, 10 says the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. So anything the devil's doing, the Lord has a promise to you. He has delivered you. Delivered is past tense. Delivered is past tense. Now, I said this last week, and I ran to repeat it to you. I don't want you song conscious all the time. But the Lord, I, I was listening to a bunch of new songs. You know, I'm always trying to keep our praise and worship team current and, and them all busy, and they do an amazing job. But I, I started listening, and the Holy Ghost said something to me. He said, do you notice there's a lot of songs now about me fighting their battles? And I said, uh-huh. And he said, tell them I already did. Now, does God fight for you? Of course he fights for you. But in one instance, it says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That was the strategy for them. So if you take the modern approach, well, I'm just going to stand here and God's going to fight my battles. That's not exactly how this works. Are you with me? Because you have to go at it. Why can we have victory? Because Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen? And he sat down in victory, leaving nothing unfinished, leaving nothing undone. Who has delivered us? Everybody say, I have been delivered. I hear Carmen in my head right now. I don't know why. Some of you don't even know who Carmen is. I've been delivered. Anyway, who has delivered us from a great death and does deliver? So it doesn't, you are delivered, and he's continually delivering you, and he will yet deliver you. There's no problem. There's no sickness. There's no problem. There's no family problem. There's no business problem. There's no uh, career problem. There's no child problem. There's no parent problem. There's no society problem that God, if we'll trust in him, he will deliver us. He has delivered us. He does deliver us, and he'll always deliver us. If you ain't delivered, it's just because you're not done yet. Amen. Glory to God. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. 2 Corinthians 2, 14. Now thanks be unto God. 2 Corinthians 2, 14. Now thanks be unto God, which always. How many? Always. Always means always, and he's not going to change his mind. Well, I don't qualify. Well, Jesus qualified you. Well, I, I, I'm not, I don't have my confessions just right. Jesus already qualified you. You need to confess the word, but, but this is not perfection Christianity. Somebody's that's just set you free. Well, I got to do this. I'm not doing it. Yeah, you know what? We need to confess. We need to do all those things. But, but, but listen, it's not about you. That's very works-based. That's very works-based. Do you need to speak the word? Absolutely. 
Should you speak it all the time? It was better than speaking anything else. But your many words doesn't cause God to move. And you know, I preach around, I preach on confession all the time. And if you're not hearing me right, you're saying, well, he says I don't have to confess. That's not what I said. I said, it's not the works of your confession that makes God move. I confessed this 1,000th time. This is my 1,001. Now you do something. That's not the way this works. Now, thanks be unto God. Who caused you to triumph? Jesus. Why? Causes us to triumph in Christ. Are you in Christ? That puts you at what place? Triumphant. I mean, I got song, triumphant in battle. Anyway, hey, come on. And makes manifest. Maybe I should have just kept Dop on the team up there. I should, like, give him a song. They just start playing it. I was going to make him do shout to the Lord because I've been singing that all day. I've been shouting, but we got, we got the newer version of, of, of uh, the, the last one we just did. But I knew there's, mm, there's just a lot going on. And make manifest the Savior is not by us in every place. So everybody say, thanks be unto God, which always causes me to win. In Christ Jesus. Now, you can't win on your own. You can't win on your own. You win in him. You win in him. Your position is in him. Amen. All right. So uh, we're just getting warmed up. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. This is talking about, you know, death. Uh, but 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be unto God, which gives us the victory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. This talks about death. Where is your sting? Even in us physically departing our body, there, there is no sting. Amen. We always win. Hallelujah. We always win. I tell this all the time, but I remember when Pastor Ron and I first got married. You know, I grew up, um, I didn't really know much about the Bible. And then I went to Bible school. And so I had kind of a, a training, you know, kind of a path anyway. But I remember one time she was preaching on something, and she said, uh, well, the very worst thing the devil could ever do is kick you early to the pearly gates. And I'm like, don't say that. And she's like, why? I was like, well, I don't know. I just, I don't want to think about death or whatever. She said, but that is the very worst thing the devil could ever do. I mean, that's the worst he could do. We're all going there one day. So you got there a little early. What is that, a second or two early in God's time? Nobody should go, but if, so there's no fear of death. Once you're born again, the f- fear of death should leave you. What are you talking about? I'm talking about you shouldn't be afraid of it. So the more fearful of, of it, that's the more respect you have for the devil, what he can do to you. But when you get rid of that fear, you're going to live your life free. Because you know the Holy Ghost will tell you where to be and where not to be. Where to shop, where not to shop. Where to drive, where not to drive. You, you're just confident that the Lord's got you. Amen. I said the Lord's got you. Amen. Well, we've heard that already. But thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, I'm just warming you up. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 37. Romans 8, 37. Romans 8, you all know this one. You can quote it. Nay, in all these things we are more than a conqueror. Everybody say, I am more than a conqueror through him. See, there it is again in him, through him, by him, for him. So it's in Christ. You're not victorious because you're so great. You're victorious because you're more than a conqueror because it's through him, through Jesus. Why? Because he's already won the victory. Lord, I just need you to do something. Well, that sounds like Paul. Now, I, I get it. I, I, I would never compare myself to the Apostle Paul. I did one time in thought life, and the Holy Ghost just kind of chuckled with me. Hallelujah. And, you know, I ever get to heaven, you know, and see all that Paul went through. You know, all of us put our stuff together. It probably doesn't equal his, right? 
Maybe you don't think so. Well, I'm just poor like Job. You mean you're going to get double? Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God for you. Just like Job. Hallelujah. That means double for your trouble. You know, that wasn't 20 years, y'all. Most scholars says it was nine months. Most scholars say it was nine months. I don't know how they figured that out, but it, it wasn't his entire life. It was a season. I know you and I have all been through a season, but we're living in a different season now. It's called due season, and it's jubilee, and it's double for your trouble. But you got to count yourself as victorious. Nay, in all these things, I am more than a conqueror through him. Come on, through him. Why is it through him? Because he already won. Has he fought your, Lord, fight my battles? He already has. Paul was telling him the same thing. Lord, I got a demon chasing me morning, noon, or night. Do something about it. And what did he say? My grace, my power, my victory is sufficient for you. And then Paul got it and he said, all right, I'll glory in it then. Now you and I still don't understand that as much as we think we do. Well, I'm going to glory in my weakness. That goes against some uh, word of faith or teaching a little bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, thank God that I'm sick. No, you're not going to say, thank God you're sick. Just when you're sick, you know, well, let the sick say I'm healed. Let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I'm rich. Amen. When the devil attacks you, you all you go, ooh, glory to God. I know I'm coming out of this one. Hallelujah. God has not failed. He is victorious. He, Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, and he made me more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer in this life, and I always win because I'm in him. Because I'm in him. All right. Are you more than a conqueror? Woo. I'm just warming up. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. You are of God, are you? Are you his little children? And you have what? You have overcome them. You have overcome anything the devil sends your way. You come at it from a position of victory you've already overcome. Well, Lord, I, I, just, I, I just need to be, you know, Lord, I don't, I don't feel like, he didn't tell you to feel like an overcomer. He said you were one. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all reading my, um, y'all reading my uh, daily bread, right? You read it faithfully every day, right? I wish I had a, when someone clicked on it, I wish I could like get a name on it with it, like who clicked on. But anyway, I know some of you, I know it's Wednesday night. I know you all do. It's a nice shirt, Ollie. Uh, you all do, right? And so what I've been talking about for that one or two of you who haven't been reading is about the doing, the doing. The doing of the word. And when the Lord tells you something, acting like it's true and doing it. Being a doer of the word, being a doer of the word. Uh, stretch forth your hand. I can't. But Jesus said, stretch it forth. So what you got to do? Stretch. Uh, Paul was preaching. He noticed a man had faith. Can you have faith to get healed and not get healed? Absolutely. Well, no. No, Absolutely. The man sitting there in Acts chapter 14, I believe it is, or somewhere around there. The man, Paul was preaching, and he perceived the man had faith. Yeah. So I'm talking about victory here. I'm talking about overcoming. Because sickness has to be overcome. But the man had faith to be healed, but he wasn't healed. 
Well, how can you have faith for something and not get it? Well, it's because you don't act like it. It's because you don't act like it. it it's because when the Lord says stretch forth your hand, you want to stretch forth your elbow. You want to do what you can do. Fill, take the cup and fill it up and bear it to the governor of the feast. Go get a hook. And the first fish you catch, pull it out, open his mouth. There's going to be a coin in it. Go pay my taxes. Even that one. Did you know that Jesus and Peter weren't required to pay taxes, but because Peter opened his mouth? The Lord said, so that we don't offend them, let's pay it anyway. And then I just think he just messed with him. Come on, he's a professional fisherman. How many fit? you know, me and my dad used to go on the river, and I pulled up ah, my share of catfish. I never found a coin. <laughs> never found one. How many thousands upon thousands upon thousands of fish has Peter caught over his life? Has he ever found a coin in one, let alone the first one that he pulled up out? If you do what the Lord tells you to do, the power comes and the answer is there. What are we talking about? See, a lot of time people want to overcome, but they're waiting until they feel overcoming. They're waiting until God does something out here, then I'm going to act like an overcomer. But that is not the way this is. You are of God. This is just settles it. I'm of God. Why? Because I'm a, I'm a child of God and I have overcome. Amen. Well, I'm trying to overcome. Well, quit trying. Just be who God made you to be. Amen. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. Do I always feel like an overcomer? Mm-mm. If you lived in my head, you'd think, woo. I, I am just like you. I am just like you. I am just as human as you are. I have the battle between my ears just like you do. And I have, I have had in the past strongholds that I've had to get rid of myself. That's a pattern of thinking. Those, they're not over cities. They're in your brain. They're in your mind. They're in your thoughts. But you have to settle this. I am of God. Are you? Yeah. You all look like you are. Some of you got T-shirts on to prove it. I am of God, little children, and I have, I have past tense. I'm not trying to overcome. I'm not trying to get God to fight my battles. He's already won the victory. He already fought my battle. He didn't only just fight my battle. He fought the war and won. Is it got to be manifest? It does. Now, am I telling you to get mad at every new song that comes out, even if we sing it? No. I'm just saying you got to have this idea. I, Jesus has already won. Because if you go at anything when it comes especially to this topic of overcoming and victory, if you start from a defeated place, you're going to stay at a defeated place. If you're going to do this in Christ, if you're going to do this in God, you've got to start from a victory place. Yes. Ooh, I'm tapping into my, my, my mighty man stuff already. Okay, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Come on, the greater one lives in you. The greater one lives in you. He's never lived in anybody before, but he decided to live in, he used to live in things made by men's hand, but he said, I, I'm not going to live anymore in, in, in an ark. I'm not going to live anymore. I'm not going to manifest just in a tabernacle. I'm going to live in them. I'm going to be to them a God and they're going to be to me a people. I'm going to move in father, son, and Holy ghost. All of them moved in. The Godhead lives in you. 
Come on, greater is he that is in you. And it's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about, it's not about my will. It's not about my mental toughness. It's not about my, uh, how much pain I can endure. It's about what God can do in me and has done in me. Amen. Come on. Everybody say it. Greater is he, Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Woo! First John 4 and 4. We did that one. First John 5, 4 and 5. First John 5, 4 and 5. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Are you born of God? We discovered you are. Your t-shirts tell me. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. So what do you got to have? You got to have faith. Faith in what? The finished work of Christ. Faith that you're in him. This is the victory. Anytime you don't have victory, I guarantee you, you're thinking too much about you. Experience mine to you. I'm very hard on myself. Um, I don't really need too many critics because I can criticize my own self morning, noon, and night. It's something I had to get delivered from. You used to scare me, each and every one of you. What are you thinking? What do you want from me? How can I say it just right? I've been delivered. I've been delivered. The Lord told the Apostle Paul, he said, you have to get delivered from the people I sent you to. Remember uh, Pastor Knight, he was the pastor that I worked for uh, before I moved down here. And he prophesied to me many things right before I moved down here. But one of the things he prophesied to me, he said, and, and I used to hide it pretty good. He said, but you'll have to get over being fearful of the faces of men. What is that? What people think. You know what? There's a whole lot of opinions outside of you, of us as believers. You're going to have to get delivered from it. And you're going to have to speak the truth in love, but stick up for the truth. And this is the deal. Whatever is born of God, I am, you are, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So I have to have faith in the finished work. Now, verse, verse 5. Who is it that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So what puts you in position to overcome? I believe in Jesus. He's my Savior. He's the Lord of my life. That, that And that alone positions me to be an overcomer. But I have to use my faith in my risen Savior to continually overcome. Listen, y'all, stuff's going to be thrown at you. Is that something new to you? I remember I had this person one time, bless his heart, I don't know if he's still alive, but I remember we would go after church on Sundays, the church that I, I came back to the Lord and moved back to my hometown, and we would go to McDonald's, because you could either go to McDonald's or Hardee's, and we, our church, we, we camped out at McDonald's, so we claimed it, uh, especially on Sunday nights, because you got a free ice cream cone with a bulletin. So... <laughs> To Mc, Mc, hi ho, hi ho to McDonald's we go. And so, you know, so there's about 30 of us there every Sunday night. They loved us, not really. But, but, but 
you know, Christians can be pretty messy people. Anyway, but uh, so uh, we would go, though. And I remember him when I first got born again. He, he pulled me to the side. And he's, come here, I need to talk to you. I want to talk to you. And he looked at me real serious. And he said, now, if you'll obey the word of God perfectly, and you'll do everything you're supposed to do, and speak the word, he said, you'll never have another problem the longest day you live. So I'd like to find him and tell him he's full of baloney. <laughs> full of baloney. Because <laughs> that's not a promise in the scripture. That's very works-minded. If I do this, I do this, then nothing bad's going to happen to me or mine. There's a devil. And you live in the world. And what your faith will do is when the enemy comes. To steal, kill, and destroy. Your faith can resist it. Your faith can change it. Your faith can push it away. Why do you think you have faith? If you did everything just right, you wouldn't need any faith. And it would all be sight. But when the enemy comes, he that overcomes, who is it that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That that was almost a, one more. And then this is the end of my introduction for tonight. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. I really am just kind of reviewing. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And they overcame him, the devil. How? By the blood of the lamb. And by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives even to the death. So I've got a great three-point sermon on they overcame. Oh, no, four-point sermon. They overcame by the blood of the lamb. By the word of their testimony, and I even added the one everybody in our circles don't like. And they love not their lives even unto the death. So we already talked about being overcomers. Hallelujah. Thank God for the blood. Hallelujah. Thank God for the word coming out of your mouth. And your life is not your own. Amen. Father, thank you for your word tonight. I thank you, Father, lives have been changed. Um, don't feel like adding any more. I feel like you, you're done with what you wanted to do tonight. So, Lord, I just thank you for everything you've done. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, 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 listen. Ooh. Uh, do you remember the ten, yeah, the ten lepers? Have mercy on me, son of David. So there was nine Israelites, one Samaritan, right? He was a Samaritan. He wasn't one of them. And Jesus said, because at that time when you had leprosy, he said, go show yourself to the priest. So the priest is the only one that could declare you clean. I'm really kind of glad that that tradition or whatever that was is over because I don't want you all coming to me and me having to decide whether you clean or unclean or healed or not healed. That's none of my business. Hallelujah. But the priest in that day was the one that gave the, you may go back to work sticker or whatever. Right? And so how many of you know, uh, Jesus said to them, um, go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says what? They were cleansed or healed from the leprosy as they went. That was their corresponding action. But one. Now, I don't believe this was far into it. I don't know how far away the priest was, but I imagine it's, you know, they're walking, so it's a few minutes. But as they all walk and they notice the leprosy is gone, one turns around and comes back, falls at Jesus' feet, and does what? He begins to thank God. And Jesus noticed, and he said, where are the other nine? Were there not ten cleansed? 
But only this one Samaritan came back to give thanks. And what did he say? He said, your faith has made you whole. I be kabo nehambasi. Mahai masahi bohosh nahan. Oshe ai lahus vani. Banch ai mosoto esaita. So not just for your bodies, not just for your minds, but in everything that concern you, your family, your relationships, your, the affairs of your life. As you will understand in this season, I have taken what the enemy has meant to destroy, even you and your things, and I have turned it around. And now I am saying to you, if you will go and do likewise as he did, the same power will be available for you. And restoration will come unto you like wave after wave after wave. So rejoice and be glad. <laughs> Fill your heart and your mouth with gratitude. And you will see great and mighty things. Well, let's, you know, when Pastor Belinda was up, when she was speaking, you could sense, and she had to get you all stand up, because there was something there. Where it's, and, and, and he, the Holy Ghost, is here again. So stand up on your feet. And just out of your heart, not a show, not about how loud you can be. But just out of your heart, Lord, we're so grateful. Thank you for everything you've done for us. Thank you for saving us on our way to hell. And you saved us. Oh, and before we were saved, you spared our lives so many times. And we didn't even know it. And your hand's always been on us. Oh, and Father, as a parent, I thank you that you watch our children. The angels have camped round about them and saved and spared them so many times. And the enemy has come, sometimes, Father, like wave after wave, but you raised up a standard against him every time. And you've always caused us to walk on the victory side. And we're so grateful, Jesus, for the victory that you have given us. And we're grateful for it. And we honor you for it. And we magnify you for it. We're so grateful for our salvation. We're so grateful that you filled us with the Holy Ghost. We're so grateful for everything you've done for us. How we love you. How we honor you. Lord, I'm so grateful. So grateful. So grateful. So grateful. So grateful. So grateful. Uh, and then just I hear this, and it seems to be about family issues. Instead of saying, the Lord saying this, and I hear him say it to me to say to you. He said, instead of you saying to me, talking about the Lord, Lord, I need you to fix this in my family. He said to, for me to tell you, instead say, Lord, I'm grateful that you have already fixed this. Even I can't see it. Even though I can't see it. I'm grateful that you heard me when I prayed. 
I'm grateful that you're working on it. And I'm grateful that it's all fixed. It's all fixed. It's all fixed. Thank you. 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 Hallelujah. Um, um, yeah, it's an interesting night. It's such an interesting night. And then somebody else in the room. Listen, I don't know what this thing is about measuring up. Even almost coming to church here, well, I just don't measure up. They're all super Christians. Well, if you knew them all, you wouldn't think that. Amen. You just really wouldn't. <laughs> You just really wouldn't. So I don't know why you're thinking that, because number one, it's just not true. But, you know, think about the great apostle Peter. You know, he penned 1 Peter and 2 Peter. And he was one of three, not favorites, but three that Jesus hand-trained out of the 12. And yet, really, you know, he messed up a time or two. And even the greatest mess up. I mean, listen, y'all. He denied Jesus. That's like me and you having lunch and you saying to me, I don't know him. I don't know who you're talking about. And then cuss at me and say, I don't want to talk about him more. I said, I don't know him. It's a pretty big thing. That's why he wept bitterly. And you would think the dude scheduled to preach the first Pentecostal meeting would have it all together. Pick a super Christian. Pick the best apostle. Pick the perfect one, whichever one that was. Maybe one of the sons of thunder. I don't know. Their mama thought they were perfect. Anyway, but if you study at the end of John, and if you go, and I, I've taught you this before, and it was such a revelation to me. If you take the word love from the King James and other translations, you don't really get the full picture. You know, the four different kinds of love. I'm trying to help somebody that you understand that you don't have to be perfect and have arrived because none of us have. Amen. P Jesus said, Peter, do you agape me? And, G and Peter answered back, Lord, you know, because he knew, he knew the Lord knew where he was. He said, you know, I phileo you. What is that? I count you a brother. I love you like a brother. From Philadelphia, brotherly love. Jesus, and, and you get the coolness of Jesus, the coolness of God. One for every time that he denied him, he's going to talk to him. Number one, done. Number two, and then he told him what to do. Basically, he said, after you're converted, feed my sheep. Because he knew he was going to get it all fixed. He has such confidence in you. That he went ahead and said, yeah, when we get all this done, you feed my sheep. Number two, Jesus said, Peter, do you agape me? And what, what did he say? Lord, you know that I phileo you. Okay, when you get this all figured out, feed my lambs. Not just the old sheep, the little sheep. Number three, Jesus said, this is so big that you can miss it. Peter, do you phileo me? What does that mean? He came down a notch. God, Jesus is resurrected. He's all God again. Y'all, God is not so hard to serve. He, loved, he doesn't want us to stay there. 
He doesn't want us to stay there, but he loves us. Well, he loves me where I'm at. Yes, but he was, Jesus was pulling him up. He said, okay, I'm willing to start where you're at. You notice he, did, he didn't leave him there. He said, do you, okay, do you flip? He said, Lord, you know I do. I've, they came to brotherly love. But then after that, you see Peter with 120 getting filled with the Holy Ghost. And then, man, tearing it up. These are not drunk as you suppose. It's just the third. Let me tell you what Joel said. Talk to him. He couldn't talk to a little girl. Now he's telling everybody to repent by the help of the Holy Ghost. Somebody in the room, if it's one person, I don't even know uh, what, what's going on with this. But I'm just telling you, yes, you need to grow up. Yes, we need to get better at things. Yes, 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 and yes. But the Lord will meet you where you're at. Amen. Amen. And if you got that, the, the devil's amazing. He'll use anything to try to pull you out of your place. Amen.